I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Isotope and Native Instruments have teamed up to create the start-to-finish bundle that home recording guitar nerds have been waiting for. Plus, you, dear listener, get an extra 10% off with guitar nerds by using discount code NERDS10 at the checkout on isotope.com. From the creative spark to the final touch, their new bundles include pretty much everything you could possibly need, which is great because it's far too easy to sink hundreds of pounds and a big chunk of your time into just picking up random plugins. The music production suite 4.1 and Complete 13 bundle contains over 30 intelligent mixing, mastering and repair plugins, 65 premium instruments, 20 plus expansions and over 35,000 sounds. And if that's a bit basic for you, they've also bundled Music Production Suite 4.1 with Complete 13 Ultimate, which gives you everything that makes Complete 13 incredible, plus a colossal library of added synths, sampled instruments and effects. 115 plus premium instruments and effects, 39 native instruments expansions and over 65,000 sounds. It sounds like a lot. It is. It's very good, very comprehensive. And as we've come to expect from Isotope, it's very good value. If you're looking to get into home recording, I cannot recommend it more highly. And if you're already into home recording, it it really is the one-stop shop for making what you do sound better. This podcast is entirely treated and produced using Isotope plugins, and Native Instruments have been responsible for almost every synth or sample you've heard on our Guitar Nerds jingles. Check out their great new bundles on isotope.com or follow links in the description of this podcast and use discount code NERDS10 at the checkout for 10% off anything in the Isotope arsenal. Welcome, dear listener, to the Guitar Nerds Gear of the Year 2022, the event of the year, the deciding factor in what was hot and what's not for all guitars, amplifiers and effects pedals during the year of 2022. In fact, this is our ninth gear of the year. The first was back in 2013, released as a GAC Guitar Shop podcast gear of the year and hosted by the original guitar podcast legend Mark Packham. This year marks the first in a 
intercontinental, interpodcast, worldwide gear of the year. It's no longer merely a Guitar Nerds gear of the year. It's now Guitar Nerds, the Tone Mob, the 40 Watt Podcast, all mashed into one scrumptious, sultry, guitar gear-packed, supercharged, crystal meth-toking, riding naked on the back of a panther with antlers and spider legs, shredding a wild Neil Young one-note guitar solo of a podcast series. Welcome to Gear of the Year 2022. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined for this series by guitar nerds Matt Knight. Hello. The 40 Watt Podcast's Philip Carter. I don't know, that intro kind of turned me on. <laughs> and the Tone Mob's Blake Wyland. Hold on, I gotta go get my meth. You <laughs> <laughs> oh, knew someone would go for the meth joke. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Gentlemen, dear, dear listener, we've made it. It's Gear of the Year. Thanks, everyone, for, for being a part of it. Matt, obviously less so. You're, you're here every week anyway. Oh, I know. But, you know, it's good. It's good. It's like you say, it's good to have the, uh, the intercontinental. It's like the intercontinental championship. Exactly. British Bulldog. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can actually call it a world championship now. Yeah. This is the yeah, World Series. Oh, no. World Series is when it's just in America. That's right. Well, and Canada. <laughs> and Canada. Okay. Okay. Yes, of course. But, um, but yes. Yeah. Thanks, Philip. Thanks, Blake. It's lovely to have you both on. I'm glad to be here. Super pumped. I get to uh, fight for some things I'm super pumped about. Yeah, yeah, that, that, is, the, uh, that is the idea. Indeed. Um, fight for your fighting. right to party. That's, I was going to say, for my right to party, that's the only thing I fart for. <laughs> that's the only thing I fart for. What? What? Hold on. <laughs> well, fight yeah, for. So, yeah, so, well, I, I do apologize. We've done this entirely, dear listener, around my and Matt's UK timings so for us it's a very reasonable 6 p.m but for you guys it's uh, it's the morning i'm yeah, about well, an hour ahead of when i usually podcast so i'll manage i'll be all right yeah, we're yeah. moving into afternoon for me it's fine okay well that's that's good that's good now um i i should i should explain the rules and we'll get straight into gear of the year this year dear listener if it is your first gear of the year podcast um uh I'll explain. In each episode, uh, we should deal. We'll deal with one category. The categories this year are going to be best guitar, best effects pedal, and best amplifier, stroke modeler, and then we'll do a best overall uh, with all the 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 winners of those three categories. In this first episode, we're going to be dealing with best guitar. Now, each host is going to put forward their suggestions for a top three products released this year. We'll take it in turns, and then once they're all on the table, we'll each try to whittle it down um, to a top three products by convincing each other of one another's argument. The top three products from that list will move on to best overall products for 2022 and be decided later in the series. Now, before we make our suggestions... I've made a list of honourable mentions, I guess, or the, the things that we thought were, 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 were good enough to make the, 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 the starting list, the short list for the year in each category. So I'm going to list them out for our hosts and for you, dear listener, just so you know we have considered all these things. And then we're going to select things from that list and discuss them in more detail. Is everyone clear on the rules? I think yeah. so. I, think I do want to go, go out publicly and say and i think philip we talked about this briefly in the text thread i kept picking things like oh i'll add this to the list nope that was 2021 oh yep. <laughs> that was 2021 oh that was also 2020 so a lot of my like go-to's were actually 2021 uh, <laughs> totally. so the list my list is uh 
I, I went more strongly off of Joe's initial list than I usually probably would have. So uh, anyway, I guess that I'm just throwing that out there for whatever that's worth. Yeah, yeah. I, I went to add things to the list multiple times and I was like, yeah, oh, this isn't in your list. Joe, what are you doing? I was like, oh, that's because that was in October of 21. Or, <laughs> you know, it's just there it, there were a lot of releases this year. But I think because of what we've went through for the last few years, they're all just one big mashup. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm lucky I didn't think things from 2020 were new, if I'm honest. That's true. That's very true. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely been a bit of a weird year, um, uh, twenty twenty two. I do feel like when I started going through this list, I was like, oh, this, this is weird. There have been a lot of products that have come out, but I found surprisingly few things that I guess that had, that had really got my engines going. Yeah, unlike in previous years, and yeah, kind of the same. When I was looking at things that I was thinking of as new, they were coming out as like twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one releases. I did say this like on last year's gear of the year as well it's worth re you know reiterating that it has obviously because of everything that's been happening in the world it's been a very weird muted few years for for guitar gear although lots of things have come out i think maybe a lot of things have been a bit more um uh, conservative maybe uh, over the last little while life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. I, I think there's a lot of companies figuring out, too, what works at this point, if I'm honest. Yeah. There's there's just a lot of, uh, you know, we're in this post, is our stages going completely ampless for real? Like, or how important is mobile recording? Or how important is et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's really interesting to see what came out this year and the first year as we're moving out of the pandemic. I think it totally, I don't know, it, there's a, it's all over the map. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and my personal way of making content and recording music has changed dramatically in the last two years. So some of that's reflected in some of the picks I have here. I see. In, in what sense? Uh, well, I mean, I'm Captain, <clears throat> excuse me, Captain Tubamp usually, but you know, 90% of what I've done this year has been plugins and, and sims as far as what I've put out into the 
into the internet. So sure, yeah, you know that's that's a big change for me, and it's it it's uh, largely driven by the quality of things, but also the fact that like I got to produce more. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's it. You know, me, me and Matt talked about this a bunch on like our how to uh, home record guide podcast series and things like that over the last couple of years. But certainly things like the. The lockdowns um, meant that a lot of people did learn how to use a DAW and did learn to use plugins to a far greater degree than they ever had before. And I think that, you know, in turn caused companies to really start putting an awful lot of effort into and making things accessible and available, more affordable. Um, Certainly, you, you think about a company like Neural DSP, where were they three years ago, you know, in comparison to to now? Um, mm-hmm. Where they're you know able to release one of the top performing modeling pedals and have signature model guitar rigs for some of the biggest best guitar players in the world. You know that's that's a they're they're a plugging company for goodness sake. Right. And, uh, well, that's that's where I, on the other hand, for, for I've gone the opposite direction. It's like I I went down that rabbit hole of digital and and I had a Helix rig pre COVID and I had you know all these things and then like. COVID hit, I wasn't gigging anymore, nothing happened. I was like, you know what? All I care about is fuzz pedals into tube amps with traditional style guitars. And so, I don't know, It's it. I had the opposite direction. Blake, Blake and I deviated, and he went like full on, well, this is what I do now. And now I'm like, no, nah, I got a captor, I'm fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's also largely driven by the fact that I don't have a captor yet. So oh. this could all change. This could all change. It is a game I have, changer. I have lost the power supply for my two notes captor, and and I have no idea what it is. And so there's like a box of adapters in my house, but <laughs> but the the only way I can find like lights come on when you pretty much plug anything into it, you know. But I won't know if it's the right one until it does or does not blow up my amp. <laughs> oh well, for, for what it's worth, in the captor, the attenuation side of it, the load side of it is passive, so it is on all the time, whether you power it or not. Good ah, to know. I see. That's yeah, good to know. That's yeah, you'll know. you'll never blow your amp up plugged into the captor. Okay, that's wonderful. Because because that for me, I, I will admit that I cared less about the captor when it came out because I think I was going through this big. Like, why do I need the captor when, honestly, newer DSP's plugins are so, so very good? I'm so happy just just using one of those. They're so easy. But now, coming out the other side of that, and I think I'm going to this very simple setup kind of vibe at the moment. I would just like a low-wattage valve amp and, you know, just like a nice guitar to plug into it. And so the captor is a much more appealing thing now because it means I can have that set up and now emulate that in a recording rather than using yes. plugins. But yes, we, we we veered it slightly off from gear of the year. One of the other things, maybe we should talk about just briefly before we uh, before I list the <coughs> shortlists for guitar, is um, I guess how what what we are decide. We we spoke about this off air a little bit before we started, but what makes it our favourite thing? We would, you know, I think I can't remember. Philip or Blake, one of you asked me about it before we started um, about what the criteria was for what was making it the the best guitar best amp or best stomp box was it was it a personal thing is it the thing that sold the most is it uh the thing that's got the most longevity you know what what's the criteria and i and i think we've all agreed that we're all going to choose our own criteria 
Yes, mm-hmm. that's exactly what I'm doing. And mine's all over the map for all my picks. So, yeah. <laughs> right, yes. It's, it's exactly. generally okay, a better well, way to do it, I think, because it would be too easy to look at. I mean, like we did on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, Joe, go to the reverb best-selling list and go, well, technically, all of these should be gear of the year. But, you know, yeah. I think there's a lot of factors. You know, what we like, obviously, uh, what our listeners would probably like, what we think has made an impact. Um what's recognizable, you know, what could be good yeah. in the future. I think there's so many different ways you could look at it, really. Um and yeah, I, I quite often we talk about things in Gear of the Year that pay, perhaps we wouldn't have, but feel they've made an an impact and they should be talked about as kind of bits of gear of the year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, if I, I've got open here my little historical document of things that have won the gear of the year in the past, and the the very first one, which as I, I said at the start was uh, was released as a GAC Guitar Shop podcast back in two thousand and thirteen. In third place, we had the Martin Ed Sheeran acoustic. That's uh, <laughs> that's definitely Jay Cross forcing uh, something like that into it. In second place. This is ridiculous. What were we thinking? In second place, the Gibson 2014 EB bass. I, I mean, oh, yeah. Right. Okay. No, I'm okay with that. That sounds That's, good. It's still a better choice than the Martin. <laughs> yeah, sure. And in first place, and this one has stood the test of time, people, the Squire Vintage Modified Bass It comes back around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It does. It we does. we, we yeah, totally that, dismissed it. That one just it. took a long time. Yeah, we just totally dismissed it the following year uh, because yeah. that first yeah. run was... Uh, yeah, didn't didn't really stand up, and then this year it's like one of the best selling products, you know. So yeah, just takes yeah. time for people to come around. We were there. It, we, it just, we you know we weren't uh, trends. We were the trend setters, Joe, not the trend followers when it came to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, well, that's true. That's true. We did we did dismiss the uh, the base six the following years. Thought we'd make a mistake, and obviously now it's come around to it being really good. But something that's done the reverse of that in 2014, in second place, we gave the electro harmonic soul food a pedal that you recently have said, Matt. You know, really wasn't I guess all that. I think um, what's interesting is looking back on that now. That was the first kind of major clon clone before clone before clone. anyone really knew what a clon was do you know what i mean they would they sort of put that out there and i don't think any i don't think the hype was there for the for the original clon then everyone else followed suit and then everyone was talking about it and it's sort of been forgotten now but it was again yeah. really there at the start that's 60 fair, quid that, for a clon clone that's a fair argument there was no one and, and honestly there's still you know, outside of, you know, major rebranding of, you know, mass market things, there's not a $60 Klon clone other that the soul food is people's entry point into a major builder mass produced Klon. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that, Matt, because when you look back, you know, we're so entrenched in this gear stuff. And this is something that I've brought up on my podcast a lot lately. We tend to view like, well, everyone knows what the clon is. Everyone knows what, you know, insert the memory man or whatever. Everyone knows these things. When in reality, most guitar players are just guitar players and they don't nerd out on this stuff the way that we do. And they don't know about that. So you're right. I hadn't really thought about it that in that, you know, specific context. But the Soul Food brought the clon possibly 
to its current like craziness. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I mean, that year, the Strymon Deco one, which, Blake, is a favorite of yours. Is that it right? is. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's the best Strymon pedal, in my opinion, still. There you go. I still need yes. one. I haven't got one yet. It's very good. I bought one and sold it. I regret selling it. I do. Uh, I might buy another. Yeah, it's, it's, that's certainly a good one. I think that one's... I think that's a hidden gem. I think that's still a hidden gem, actually. Um... I think it was interesting seeing uh, Chris Shiflett from Free Fighters talking about it on his pedal board. He's like, oh, yeah, I just leave it on all the time. And I think that was one of the things that we said yeah. was so good about it at the time. So I think that one's, yeah, probably still more of a hidden gem than a kind of fan favorite on a bucket load of pedal boards. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I, I think it's because most people still don't really know exactly what it's trying to do. Whereas you see a tape delay, you're like, I know what that does. Mm. With the yep. with the deco, it's a little more. You have to know exactly what it's shooting for, and so it tends to miss some people's mm. some people's bucket lists. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's one sure. of those things where, same with the soul food, more people would have tried a clon clone than an actual clon, and more people will understand the concept of tape saturation or a tape echo, but have never actually plugged into a tape echo. Um, so the sound you're hearing is like not the sound because you haven't got a memory of that because you've never actually tried it, which I think is always quite quite interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, your perception sure. of a clon is the clones of a clon that you've <laughs> tried, not an actual right. clon. <laughs> right. <laughs> or or your perception of a clon is a player who used one <laughs> with this particular guitar, this particular amp, through this particular preamp and EQ and compression in a track. Yeah. yeah. And therefore you hate it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> or you love it and then you get it and you're like, what do I do with this honky mid-range thing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, um, let's, uh, let's, let's crack into the gear of the year. I'm going to list off the guitars that made it, 23 guitars that made it to our short list. Um, here they are, dear listener. Um, the PRS SE Silver Sky, an affordable version of the John Mayer Fender-like Strata something. Um, one of the best sellers on Reverb as well this year, so I think that one's going to be that one's going to be in, in, inevitably popular amongst some of you. The Squire Classic Vibe Baritone Custom Telecaster, incredibly cool, bound telly with a rosewood neck from Squire, affordable and a baritone. Yes, please. The Fender Player Plus Meteora, brand new shape for Fender, a bit of a weird one, but an HH Fender in its own right, in a cool sort of weird shape the fender george harrison rocky stratocaster very cool that we've got that back popular amongst the listeners the yamaha revstar 2 standard rss 02t that's their p90 loaded revstar um we are going to talk about the listeners choices and the patreon listeners choices as well uh before the uh final episode so we'll see how well that one did there the guild surfliner again a very good with top-selling reverb guitar that has just sort of passed me by, really. Their sort of weird, unusual Stratess guitar. Squire 40th Anniversary Gold Edition Jazzmaster. The Squire 40, 40th Anniversary Bound Telecaster. Very nice. Gibson Custom Shop Theodore. A whole new guitar from Gibson. The Eastman Warren Ellis. The Gordon Smith Gatsby. The Epiphone Joan Jett. The Eastman Juliet. 
Um, the uh, the Jet Guitars 1000 series, their Dipped series, the Fender American Vintage 2. We've just put the range in there for now, and I guess if anyone picks something from there, you know, we'll, we'll drill down into that a bit further. Same with the Gibson Faded series. Uh, we've got the new uh, Joe Bonamassa's Epiphone uh, 335, the, the absolutely wild Music Man Kazen uh, that we talked about on last week's... Um, uh, podcast, the Animals as Leaders signature model uh, guitar, the Gibson Lizzie Hale Explorer Bird, the Adam Jones Les Paul Standard, the Rick Beto signature Les Paul DC Special, and the Robin Ford signature PRS. Those are all th- made our list. Oh, and I actually missed one as I was going through it, which was the uh, the Gretsch Nigel Hendroff signature Penguin. Extraordinarily cool. So that's our list. 23 guitars shortlisted for this year. Now we're going to go round the hosts and see what people thought. Matt, we'll start things off with you and we'll finish with me. We'll go Matt, Philip, Blake, me in that order. Why don't you start us off with a guitar that's made your top three, Matt? Tell us why it's good. Oh, Joe, there's only one one choice here. No, um, I'm going to start with... I can see, obviously, what everyone else has put and I'm trying to think... Where do I start? Shall I start with my one, two, three? Yeah, just, Is it any just, order? There's, there's no, th- yeah, you don't need to be tactical, just uh, start in any, any order. Right, well, I'm going to start with the Kaizen. Okay. Uh, the Music Man Kaizen. And part of the reason, we talked about this a lot last week on, obviously, the podcast and, you know, sort of a kind of move out of the blue i guess for music man um to launch a guitar with someone who basically had a signature then went yeah i'm gonna go and make my own guitars and have been relatively successful capturing that corner of instagram and the internet of the tappy widdly um modern future guitar players um and you can't deny sort of Tosin Abbasi's impact into that uh, realm of, of music. And I think, Joe, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, me seeing Sixth and obviously how they were doing it like 20 years ago. And obviously that sort of crafted this new wave of, of m- like super amazing modern guitar players. But one thing I didn't realise until uh, between the last podcast and this one was actually part of the reason they bought Tosin on was basically not to make his signature but for him to have input on creating a guitar for future guitar players as it were for modern guitar players of the now um and the thing i really like about it as as my pick for the gear of the years is is a guitar that is truly built to focus on guitar players that want everything that is old school about other guitars because if in reality guitar building techniques and electric guitar building techniques and electric guitar design hasn't really shifted a lot in 60 years um and this is something that is taking those concepts and doing something very different so the biggest thing is obviously the infinity radius fretboard so a conical fretboard that peaks along the treble side but folds towards um the edge so as you're playing it you can see the entire fretboard and it's a really kind of unique design and i think the great thing about this guitar was them really going let's throw out the rule book and let's build a guitar how we think modern guitar players would want it built not saying that every new guitar player is obviously going to want something 
like that, but I think there's a lot of people watching, you know, those huge players on Instagram going, well, what are they using? And I want the same thing, you know. Uh, not everyone's going to be into Slash forever. Um, so, yeah, for me, Music Man Kaizen, I think, is my, my first pick. And I guess what you're saying here is that this is uh, this is something that's been... This is a real point in the guitar well this is a moment in time this guitar is a step forward it's something for the future maybe the term conical and conical fretboards are going to be a thing that will take off again i think um yeah i think it starts it started i mean lots of people have done lots of crazy designs you know you only have to look at things like the tuffle birdfish and go yeah here's a guitar that costs twenty thousand dollars and there's a like five-year waiting list um and you know, you've even got things like Strandbergs, for example, that obviously you know have got that kind of trapezoid neck and are doing fit. And you know, fan frets are becoming more, more and more common. Although that design's been around for a long time, and I think it took Music Man to make it with such deep engineering, as we spoke about on the podcast last week, Joe, that they are really the best guitar manufacturer in terms of the sheer engineering skill of the people involved there. And I think it took a brand like that with such a renowned history to make a guitar that could then start setting other manufacturers to go we need to do that so to me it feels more like a guitar that could set a trend right um there's been people before it there will be people after it but this feels like a kind of really good mark in the sand of like here's what we could do with guitar building moving forward Let's see very well put very well put okay so there's the music man kaizen for our consideration everyone uh philip let's uh let's come over to you what are you going to throw at us so looking over this list of guitars i was first thing i was struck by is the number of signature guitars in this list that were released this year i think over half of the guitars in this list are artist signature guitars oh, wow um and so <laughs> I typically don't like a couple of things. I it's like when I when I do pedal reviews, which isn't often, but I'm hoping to pick that up. I don't like reviewing something that's like limited or you can't get it. It's hard to get. I also don't like the idea of giving awards to something that's a limited edition or um it was you know limited quantities or artist signature, but I got to tell you the so my pick number 3, I am going to go in reverse order. Uh, number three, I picked the Gibson Rick Beato Signature Double Cut Les Paul. Um, and the reason I did, that guitar is the only double cut in Gibson's line until you get what? to Custom Shop. That's the only double cut Les Paul in Gibson's line before you get to Custom Shop. Period. What? Uh, that's and, ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. That, does, that doesn't even that doesn't seem right at all. What? That doesn't seem right at all. But it is, and it's unobtainium now. They're they're already rising in price because they were limited numbers. I kind of hope it'll become a regular offering that they make. I I don't have. Uh, well, I do know a couple of people at Gibson. I could reach out and say, hey, you know, you needed this, but they're not going to listen to me. I'm small time over here, but. I have talked to multiple of my listeners who they really want that guitar, but it's unavailable. Like, you can't get it. The reason they want it is because they want a double-cut Les Paul with P90s, and they can't get one without going custom shop. (laughs) 
So recently, guitar nerds switched to using Lewitt microphones, specifically the LCT440 condenser mic. Now, this mic is super affordable and very versatile. It's what I'm using right now. In fact, there are a bunch of videos from independent studio engineers with way more audio know-how than me comparing the LCT440 to mics three times its value and it absolutely holding up. Plus, this mic is as good for instrument capture as it is for podcasting, as it is for vocals, which is great because I don't like messing around with mics and I can literally use this for everything. The proof is in the pudding though, so here is my Tweed Blues Junior recorded at a reasonable room volume using nothing but the Lua LCT440. Nothing has been added in post, no compressors or EQs. This is exactly how the Lua LCT440 captures the sound of Fender's greatest amplifier. Absolutely pucker. The 440 captures all of the depth and the character of the Blues Junior, and all I had to do was move it over the other side of the office and pop it in front of the amp. So if you're doing anything with home studio vibes, I strongly recommend this wonderful and affordable microphone. Check it out at lewitt-audio.com. I didn't know Gibson had even discontinued that double cut, that really affordable one that they did with the the, the tribute, yeah, the tribute, the tribute with special, the weird, yeah, the with tribute the weird Willie scratch plate. Yeah, yeah. Also, that 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 pit guard was terrible. Yeah. I had one. Of, I had one of those actually. Uh, it was it was it was a good guitar. It was fine. It was great for the price point. The pit guard really ruined the look of that guitar for me. And uh, let's be honest, the as Mick over at that pedal show says, the most important thing about a guitar is the way it looks, the way it looks, and the way it looks. Um, <laughs> so I uh I didn't like that guitar as much. I love the Rick Beato signature, but it is the only double cut Les Paul in that line and I thought it was really great that they had it. I just wish it were more available. Right, right. The so if correct me if I'm wrong, Philip, but I feel like that when it was released it was it was a pretty good <laughs> price for a Gibson as well. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. So it's it's you know, it's not cheap. No. But for a Gibson uh, it's it's not Not bad. just a, a US Gibson artist signature model yeah mm-hmm. i mean that's a great price and point. tv blue mist um, is a great color it's beautiful oh the color is incredible on that guitar it really is wraparound tailpiece dual p90s that guitar speaks to my soul in a way that i'm uncomfortable bearing with this many people um but yeah it just it's it's i hate that it's unavailable but i still think that release warrants at least a mention as a gear of the year possibility Okay. Very, very cool. That's uh, you've definitely for a guitar that's sort of passed me by because I'm not, I'm, I'm not too into the fella, but uh, but you know as, as a guitar that passed me by simply because of that, just you know you've really talked me into it. There, it's it looks really great. Um, uh, yeah, I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, okay, okay, Blake, uh, you're you're up. What what uh, what do you think? What you can offer? Well, I'm not sure. I, I, again, I think I'm I'm 
I'm going back and forth on several things, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and stick with my picks. And I'm going to go somewhat controversial with one of them, and that would be the Gibson Theodore. So the Theodore, when it was first released, I had a similar reaction to most of the internet, which is, what is that? I don't, huh? Mm, I don't know about that. And the more I looked at it, the more it grew on me both in pictures and in person. And then, uh, admittedly, a lot of my picks, and I, I guess I should go out and say this, I tried to pick, with with one exception, and I won't reveal that just yet, with one exception, everything that's on my list are things that I have personally played and had some experience with. Uh, the Gibson Theodore, I got to check out when I went to the, the uh, Gibson Garage in Nashville. And... I was actually really surprised. So Mark Agnesi, he showed it to me, and I w- he opened the case, and I was like, this in person is actually stunning. In photos, I agree, it, it kind of it looks a little bit strange. But in person, it's a really beautiful guitar, and it plays really, really awesome. And just the history behind it, you know, getting to see the original prints, you know, that Ted McCarty had drawn up himself, like, that was mind-blowing to me getting to go back there in the in the vault and you know check all that stuff out and then mark he showed me the prints that go along with all of those guitars but then he also took me up to another part of the office where it's a little bit less public it was one of those things where he he uh you know was like do you have more time i was like of course i do and he was going through some files looking for something else and he pulled out the original Ted McCarty drawings like, Oh, actually here's the original ones. And I got to hold those and look at those. And so the Theodore now holds this really special spot in my heart, which is impossible to uh, replicate. But again, as I said in the beginning, I'm just going with how I feel with no consideration for uh, anyone else. And the Theodore is something that came out this year that is really special to me. And while it is insanely expensive, it's also insanely cool. I um I would just like to add that I could, you know, if I was imagining that guitar, I could imagine Blake Wyland on the trust rod cover. It feels very you, Blake. Looking at that, I was like, you know, I was like, yeah, I can see him playing that in some sort of crazy drop tuning through a fuzz pedal. So uh, yeah, I think it's cool you got to go and see it and see the drawings as well. And I think that's always does add a bit of extra weight and momentum when you're uh, talking about stuff for the gear of the year. I I will say on that guitar, I'm not like a massive fan of the body style, but I love that headstock. Put it on more stuff. I'm I will yeah, I will yeah, go to bat for that. I know that. that's a contentious topic. I love that headstock. I uh, I actually completely agree. We'll we'll move on. We'll move on to my pick now, which actually also is, and I'll double up. Is the Gibson Theodore? Um, I didn't care about this guitar at all until um until i saw pictures of it and i I haven't had the chance that blake has had to actually play one and seal one see one in in real life but um the big difference for me was when i actually saw photos of it like in a case or videos of it being played when you see those stock pictures of it that come with the press releases and things like that all those white background cutout pictures i was like this is strange it looks like a sort of uh, reminds me of like the ibanez artist series stuff that was coming out in the 80s mm-hmm. it's got that it's got that sort of japanese um 
this weighs a ton and it was designed for the studio sort of look about it but you actually see it in 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 videos and see it in cases see proper real photos of it and you see what an absolutely gorgeous work of art it is and for the same reason that you know that when when Matt talks about the Kaiser and I'm like, you know what, it is important, like that that sort of longevity. When something is released that matters to the guitar world, that is important to me. And I think the Gibson Theodore, a, a brand new sort of shape. I know Gibson have done lots of new shapes in the past and some of them are better than others, but a brand new instrument that's from their archive collection that's actually based on something that could have almost happened in the past. There's something very, very cool about that. Um, as, as, as for the price... Because they were so expensive and they're so weird, you find them they're they're going down in in pre-owned value. Certainly on on reverb here in the UK, there was one that was up for eight thousand pounds. That's now been reduced by fifty two percent to three thousand eight hundred and fifty. Wow! And hey. that is that. Yeah. Ooh. Those, those are they are getting uh, they are getting more affordable as people aren't willing to you know the, the fact is that the the buyer drives the market and if people aren't willing to spend that amount of money on the on the Gibsons then the the pre-owned value is going to go down and that's going to make them more um, a more viable guitar but I, I just think it's I, I agree with everything Blake said I think it's really cool really important really interesting and it's lovely to see gibson do something different and it not be rubbish um so yeah so there, there you go that's uh that's my my pick my first pick the gibson custom shop theodore matt it's time for your second okay so you know how in the last one i said really modern you know thinking about future designs go straight back the other way and let's look at something <laughs> that's actually Along a similar line, but taking something that's very, very vintage and basically tailoring it to one specific person, I guess. Um, I want to talk about the PRS SE Silver Sky, which I have actually played uh, this year and, quite frankly, was blown away by the quality and the feel of it. Now, I had played an American one when they came out and I thought, yep, it was very, very good. Um, but would I pay two and a half thousand pounds for it? Probably not. Would I pay two and a half thousand pounds for it in pink? Yes, I probably would. Um, and uh, <laughs> as we said, it's all about the way a guitar looks. Um, but when it came to this one, I was like, well, this was, and it, this was going to happen. It was inevitable that this was going to happen. Um, I think just on the PRS website, I think they do a really poor job of hyping it up on their website. I think the website looks really poor. It's got like one paragraph of text and they're obviously just selling it quite heavily on the John Mayer thing that's now affordable. And actually in the UK at the moment, a couple of the colours are on like special deals and you can buy them for like, at the time of this podcast going out, I think a 599 and it's just an amazing guitar for 600 pounds basically just an absolutely really well built really good feel and joe the argument that i will use for this is very much the same as when we talked about the um valentine music man versus the cheaper model uh the sterling model and this is the same thing i actually think they've done a disservice in some ways by making this guitar so good for the money um this is actually the problem with all SEs, though, because SEs are very, very good. 
and it, it does make a yeah. there, there's always a you know I think it's it's normally the bling that makes the the you know the the proper PRSs uh, for want of a better word worth it it's normally the the quality of the tops that mm. makes them worth the price tag because mm. SEs are always so very well put together anyway so <laughs> i agree this is <laughs> making the SE is kind of and was always my problem with the original one is why is this 2200 quid i think the original one was very much you can now buy the guitar that John Mayer is playing. And he's playing this mm-hmm. exact one. You know, we made him the the Super Eagle, which was 12 grand for Dead & Co. And yes, you can buy one of those. And people did. And then they were like, oh, now he's playing this. And I think that the thing is, is people knew, knew that he was Fender. His Fender guitars are like, I think if you want to buy a John Mayer, like number one, like the Black Strat replica they did, they're like 10 grand now. Um, and I remember playing wow. one in GAC when we worked there and it came with like a soft case. Do you know what I mean? It's just like absolutely crazy. And I think the fact that he went to PRS, a company known for, uh, you know, a kind of Willy Wonka-esque person behind the guitar manufacturer. So like, yeah, we can do anything, you know, and really kind of refining that to something in a way m- more modern but has a real kind of vintage sound and feel and the fact that he's playing it over his vintage guitars i think is a real solid point you know obviously all the things you'd expect like 25.5 scale length but it's got an eight and a half inch radius fretboard so they've not just gone let's stick a vintage fretboard on it that's like let's go somewhere in between like let's get it right just for this you know let's make the pickups right just for this um, and it's just, for me, part of the reason for picking this is it's an incredible guitar for the money. And even if you don't like John Mayer, I think if you were going to buy the expensive one, you're probably really into John Mayer. Um, but this one, I'd be like, yeah, if you if you want a more modern Strat, then this is, I think this is a great thing to go for. And it covers a lot of different bases. I think they sound really good. They feel really good. They're great value for money. Um, the only thing they don't have going for it is they don't make it in Roxy Pink, which to me is clearly <laughs> the best colour. Um, I mean, also also worth noting with this Silver Sky is it was the best selling guitar on Reverb, uh, re- best selling guitar released this year on Reverb. Yeah, I think you know there's all little things about it. The switch tips really nice, like slightly different design. The guitar knobs are really nice. The trem's really nice. Um, you know, I just, you know, the jack socket they've built on there, like everything is not just, it would be easy for a cheaper manufacturer to go, we're going to make a cheap version and we're going to take all the cheap parts that are off off the shelf, the jack sockets, the trems, and we're going to put all that stuff on there. It's like, no, they've, they're basically exactly the same parts that are on the American ones. They're just obviously a, a cheaper material and they're made elsewhere. Um... But I think just a great guitar for the money, and I would totally play one, and I would totally buy one if they did a cheap one in pink. Because I think it's a great guitar, really. Is is is, is that worth talking about? Um, maybe we'll talk about that later. But I, I do think everything's great about these, except the colours. Uh, the, the colours are a real letdown for me. The green is just one of the worst greens I've ever seen on a guitar, and the butterscotch seems to have missed them. Well, interestingly, well. the colours that seem to be on sale at the moment, I think, are um, are the the green and the white. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not I, surprised. I think, yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I mean, the dragon fruit is like the closest, but yeah, they do. 
Dragon Fruit, Evergreen, Moon White, and Stone Blue. And I think it's... I get it. They've done different colours to the American ones because they're like, oh, well, if you want this colour, you've got to buy this one if you really love John Mayer. Um, but I think they should have at least done one or two of the colours of the original. I think missing a black is a shame. Um, even though I'm not the world's biggest fan of black guitars, I think black would have been would have been a good choice as well for that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, okay. Well, let's move on. Philip, um, what do you want to bring to the party? All right. Well, I'm going to stay on topic then because because uh, I have things to say here. And um, uh, so skipping around my picks a little bit, I'm also going to talk about the Silver Sky SE. A couple of things that, you know, uh, Matt talked about the, you know, this is a really great guitar for the price point. I hate talking about sometimes guitar for the price. That's like saying, uh, you know, somebody's really talented for that person. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, no, no, sure. they're just talented. It's a great guitar. I've I've gotten to play a couple of them. I've played some of the core, the originals. Um, what they did with the Silver Sky is super cool because the Silver Sky, the the core model, it's for you cork sniffers. It is. They did all the cork sniffery, uh, elitist things that we all do as a certified card carrying cork sniffer. Um, that you know the the core has an alder body versus the poplar. The the core has nitro finish versus the poly that's on the SE. They, it has um a six point uh, steel trim on the uh, core versus the two point steel trim on the the SE. Seven point two five inch radius on the the core. Eight and a half on the SE. Basically, they're like, hey, if you just want a really great playable guitar and you don't care about all the things that guitar players fight over. Here's your guitar. Here's yeah. here's here's the Silver Sky for you. The colors, yeah, I agree that it, it's re- it's a miss there for. Although I like the Stone Blue, that would be the one if I bought one. That's what I'm getting. I'm getting the Stone Blue. Um, having said that, I do prefer the neck on the the core model. It felt at least in the ones I played, it was more comfortable neck. But I think to to just you know, it obviously spoke to people. Now, I don't, uh, this is where I'm going to be honest. I don't put a ton of stock in the reverb bestseller list because, um, it doesn't, it doesn't break down the data enough for me. Like, there was a limited edition guitar on the top 10 bestseller list of reverb. Like, how? There's only this many units, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so I wonder about how much we can actually trust those numbers because it's also used numbers. Was it, was it really the best selling or was it the best reselling of people reselling? Well, them? Yeah. Also, some of the biggest retailers in the world don't trade on reverb. So there's right. always, you know, it's, it's always, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt, nonetheless. Yeah. No. It's, so it's there. It is, it, but it is there. And it obviously, everybody was talking about it. Everybody's playing it. I'm not even a strat guy. And I think the release of that guitar was maybe the best biggest guitar release of the year because the original was so popular uh and and matt you're absolutely right this goes way beyond any kind of john mayer fandom um this guitar has appealed to people who care nothing about john mayer uh so i i i don't know what more there is to say about this guitar that hasn't already been said except that i i think it's a fantastic release i think it's interesting the whole silver sky series is interesting to me from prs i'm notoriously not a strat guy and i'm notoriously not a prs guy and i think this is an amazing guitar 
Yeah, I guess that that speaks for itself, doesn't it? With uh, if a company you're not that into and a guitar type you're not that into can convince you, it must be a good guitar. I think um, I think as well as, as far as I can tell, I'm just double looking, I'm just double checking the pictures. I don't think it actually says John Mayer on it anywhere. Mm-mm. So Nothing I think I'm aware you know, of. to that to that to that point of like it is. I think actually that's a lie. It does say it has got his. John Mayer, it does say it on the neck plate actually, but I think, yeah, it's not front facing, it's not immediately obvious. Um, so I think, you know, it's kind of like it's not glaring obvious. It's, it's a signature. If you weren't necessarily into it, you could look at that guitar and go, oh, that's great. And then be like, in the same way for the James Valentine, you know, it's just sort of not immediately obvious that it's someone's signature guitar. It's not crazy. Um, and I think, you know, that kind of. Um, helps push its potential popularity beyond the the john mayer thing yeah i i I say the same thing about the jason isbell telecaster that fender released i have one i love that guitar i love jason isbell but the only only nod to jason isbell is a graphic on the back of the neck plate his name isn't anywhere on the guitar i i think that's a great way to do a signature model because it makes him but more appealing. I mean, it's a double bound sunburst Telecaster. Lots of people are going to want that and don't care who Jason Isbell is. Same thing with this guitar. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, okay, Blake, let's uh, talk about your next pick. <clears throat> well, continuing down the uh, the signature guitar rabbit hole, this one I felt like just did not get the amount of love that it deserved when it dropped. When it dropped, I was... Like, jaw on the floor, I love this so much, and why is nobody talking about it? I love, love this guitar, and this is the one on my list that I have not had personal playtime with, but I know enough about the combination of things that I think I've got a pretty good idea of how it does perform. Uh, And that would be the Gibson, I'm going Gibson again, the Lizzie Hale Signature Explorer Bird. Now, this thing, I mean, if you like any kind of even slightly heavy music, you've you've got to be an Explorer fan, and Firebirds are beautiful, and the way they com- combine the non-reverse Firebird headstock uh, with the Explorer body on this, I think, I'm just like, why didn't Gibson do this in the first place with the originals? This looks fantastic. Uh, it's Cardinal Red. Which I know some people hate red guitars, but I do not. I love red guitars. Cardinal Red and is an especially fantastic colour as well. Yeah. I I love Cardinal Red and the way it's it's pops with this gold hardware. Again, a lot of people don't like gold gold hardware. I understand that. But this is just like a classy, classy, classy like shredder metal type guitar. Like it, it combines all the you know, kind of uh, metalhead elements in a classy, showy way. I absolutely love this guitar so much, and I wish it got more love on release. And I, I just never hear anybody talking about it. I remember when it when it dropped, and I just I still can't stop thinking about it. I really want to play one, and or buy one. Yes, it is. Uh, it is extraordinarily cool. Probably the most niche. Well, actually, no. Probably the the Kaizen's probably the most niche thing that's been suggested so far. But um, but but yeah, de- like it's definitely not an every person's guitar. But it's very cool. A very cool signature model. And I think you're absolutely right in that. 
why why didn't people talk about this more? It's a very cool combo in a very cool colour. I um I don't I don't know. Um but I I don't know how popular in the UK Lizzie Hale is. So I think maybe there was a less of an impact for us in the UK. Um but the only thing I don't like I think it's very cool. I think red is that cardinal red is absolutely the best colour. Um I just don't like the open pickups. I wish they put chrome covers on it. That would have just sold it for me. Um that that I feel like feel. that'd be too much. That would be too that'd be that would that would make it like garish I just, in a way. I just hate uncovered pickups even though I, I have I uncovered. Do too. I, although I do have uncovered pickups on my SG, I'm just like, no, I'd rather have like some brushed chrome, although saying that gold. it's gold, gold hardware, it'd have to be gold, wouldn't it? Have to be Which gold. would be intense. Chrome hardware, covered pickups, sold. Um but yeah, I, I think it's cool guitar. I just I don't know enough about Lizzie Hale, which is a terrible shame, I think. Should probably listen to more of that music. I, I'm here for it. I like the go- I, I think I agree. I think gold pickup covers are the one missing piece of this entire thing. I love the Firebird headstock. Um, I also love that they went with standard tuners on the Firebird headstock because yeah, ban- not, mm-hmm. I, I have banjo tuners on a guitar, um, and I'm I'm not sure how I feel about them. Not sure I like them, um, but it's it's a fantastic guitar. I love the Explorer body style. Um, it's actually more comfortable than people think it is for people who haven't played an Explorer body style. It's actually far more comfortable than you would think um, to play. I don't know. It's a rad guitar. I'm really glad to see Lizzie Hale getting the uh, attention um, to to get the signature. I'm glad you put this on here, Blake. Well, hopefully more people go check it out. And, you know, I, I, I really just wanted to make people more aware that this exists. I know it's not for everybody. It's definitely, uh, you know, it's an explorer. <laughs> you know, it's, explorers are not for everybody. I personally love explorers. I am mad that I don't have one currently. So, yeah, maybe this will be it. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, well, keeping with the Gibson family and keeping with influential women guitarists, I'd like to select the Epiphone Joan Jett Special. Um, oh, yeah. For, for this year. So this is a great guitar. Obviously, the Joan Jett signature model came out as part of Gibson for a brief time. This is super sought after because everyone loved it so much and they just never made enough of them. So it's lovely that it's come back <clears throat> in the Epiphone now at an affordable price point. Admittedly, a, a bunch for, for, you know, for an Epiphone. It's coming in at like 550 USDs. Um, that's not bad that's that, not bad uh, yeah yeah i guess it's it's great for what it is because it is a proper melody maker with a melody maker headstock in that gorgeous olympic white with that single like zebra humbucker right in the bridge and then you've got just a volume control and a kill switch it's very very cool there have been no corners cut this isn't just you know uh an epiphone uh sort of guitar pack guitar uh with with her name written on the back of it or anything like that this is proper they've done the melody maker headstock they've they've made it cool and interesting and affordable and as you know as we all know epiphone have just come to life over the last couple of years and they've been really making some amazing guitars and i think for me this was one of the most exciting to get see to see something as cool, original, unique, punk rock, just a proper rock and roll guitar that's not a bunch of, not not a, a whole bunch of money, 
and just has some wicked features. And who doesn't like a melody maker? I, I, I think this is a, a wonderful guitar and brilliant to have it available again. I mean, echoing what you were talking about, about uh, Epiphone really coming alive in the last few years, I totally agree. I got the Emily Wolf uh, Sheridan oh, at yeah. last, and it's perfect. There's nothing, There's like, I was expecting, oh, I'll need to change the electronics or the I'll change out the pickups or whatever. And I'm like, it is perfect. So if this Joan Jet is following the same ethos, which I imagine that it is, this thing is so cool. This is a great pick. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm very excited about it. It's definitely going to be something I'm going to add to my collection. Uh, I shouldn't have left as long as I have before getting it because it just it ticks so many boxes for me. It's just a simple, proper rock and roll machine for a really important, awesome guitar player. Um, Matt Knight, your your third pick, if you will. Um, so we've gone super modern, in the middle modern, and now we're going very vintage um and yeah my last pick is uh the um fender american vintage 2 series specifically um the the strats um because i love a good strat i bought a strat this year uh they do amazing colors i mean there's there's a huge range of um products in this and i had a list um a second ago of actually all of the ones that were available so i think it's probably worth a very very quick shout out of actually what's available or what was launched um this year where did i put that link yeah Here it absolutely is, Should, have you got it i have I've indeed got, i've got it open as well so yeah fender unveiled the american vintage 2 series 13th of october 2022 so you can buy just, uh, just before you list this i just want to say this is the best thing fender have done the American Vintage 2. We, Matt and I never got around to speaking about them this year. This is the best range of guitars I think Fender have ever done. They're actually, for the first time, actually making them year-specific. Um, they're at properly year-specific, and that's why they're awesome. I can't remember what the advert said. They, they, they had a really good set of adverts in, like, in print they and have, online yeah. that was like... They, they were sort of like it's sort of I can't remember the exact words, but it sort of like admits, yeah, we've done it before, but now this is like the original again. Yeah, it's it's made to I mean? the original. No, it's they say made to the original specs, all of them. Yeah, so you that's cool. So that includes uh, a nitrous alios lacquer, uh, where vintage accurate and gives authentic, obviously visual aesthetic, um, vintage neck profiles. Um, they say heirloom quality, year specific pickups. Uh, ash and older bodies uh, where appropriate, vintage-style hardware, and in vintage-style cases. So you can get a uh, 50 series. They do a vintage a 51 Tele, right or left-handed, a 54 P-Base, a 57 Strat, uh, right or left-handed. Uh, obviously, all these come in a range of, of colours as well. Uh, they do a 60s Precision Base, a 61 Strat, right or left-handed, uh, a 63 Tele. Uh, they do a 66 Jazz Base, right or left-handed and then a 66 jazz master and then finally they do a 72 telly thin line a 73 strat a 75 deluxe uh telly and a 77 custom um, so i assume we're going to be talking about the 61 strat we are because <laughs> that is the guitar that i would buy <laughs> yeah it's it's it is but um it's perfect yeah so i think for me you know, we spent a lot of time, Joe, working in 
um, you know, in a music store with custom guitars. I've ordered lots of custom guitars. I've ordered lots of Fender custom shops. You know, when I first started doing that department, we had like five or six on the wall. And by the time I left, we had like, you know, 40 or 50. Played a lot of them. And to me, this... And we spoke about it on the podcast uh, quite a few times this year, but how... You can buy such a great guitar for two and a half grand that isn't a Fender Custom Shop. You know, Fender Custom Shops, and especially Gibson Custom Shops, are very, very expensive. And that's fine. Labour costs more. Parts cost more. And I think they had to bring in a guitar that could compete with some other guitars. For example, something like the PRS Silver Sky, which is two and a half grand. They needed to have a guitar that could compete at that price range because most people would assume oh you need a custom shop and they're three and a half or four or five grand um so to me this feels like the best move if i was going to pick one uh right now um fender american professional 2 strat in miami blue um oh no sorry that's the professional i'm looking at the wrong one the vintage one sorry um i've got two tabs open the so they do i'm trying to have a look at the colors they've got on that one because i've got olympic white open here um but for me fiesta red and sunburst fiesta red and sunburst that's it but for me this is your best choice if you want a custom shop strat in my opinion i think it's you know they've spent decades doing the right thing at a custom shop but the thing about custom shop is you can build guitars that never existed um you know we had an amazing set of um 61 strats with um you know like u necks like massive no caster necks with bare knuckle pickups in at one point you're just like yeah that's great but it's not vintage and i think if you truly want a vintage guitar and if you're now for example a fan of like that pedal show and mick's got a you know a 60 strat and you want that this feels to me like the best choice and i think as you said joe this is one of the best things i think fender have ever ever done yeah yeah, they're they're just they're just wonderful. If you don't care about relicking, there is now no reason for you to go to a custom shop if you're looking for. Well, provided one of these models is the sort of thing that you get. Um, mm. I, I, they're 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 so perfect. They're so good looking. They're the right price. I, I love everything about them. And that sixty one Strat is stunning in sunburst, especially for me. That is just yeah, the guitar. I think it's I think as well. It's like the. You know, it's like the last time I went to a guitar show and you see an original 60 Strat and you're like, yeah, it's like 40 grand or 50 grand. It's like, you're never going to be able to afford that. And most people are never going to be able to afford a custom shop. And granted, quite a lot of people won't necessarily be able to afford one of these. But I think if you've got that money to spend, this is what I would buy if you truly want a kind of vin- that, you know, a, a vintage Strat at an affordable price. Like I say, yeah. nitro lacquer, like everything you could want, the right neck shape, the right pickups. Um, you know, a lot of custom shops, we did 61 strats with nine and a half inch radius or 12 inch radius because that's what most people want in terms of a modern guitar that looks vintage. But there's also a lot of people there that go, well, what would it be like if I could pick out a 61 out of a case? Um, you know, as if it was brand new. And I think that's that's the great thing about this. Um yeah. I mean, Fender launched so many products and you kind of lose track sometimes of what they've got. And I think, and I hope these uh, these ones stay around for a while, maybe some different colour options. But I think there's, um, 
there's some really good stuff in here. The whole range, in general, really good. But if it was me and I had to pick one, I'd, I'd pick the Strat. 61 Strat, okay. I, I think they picked really good ones to recreate, too. Yes. And especially, they even went... Because I'm a weirdo. And so they even picked some of the ones that like weirdos, like me, would really want to try. Like the 54P base. Oh, yeah, like, that's the best one. That's so, so cool. It's so cool. And then even me, like I skip over. I'm like, well... I, I mean, obviously, the thin line Telecaster is the one that you pick, right? Uh, you know, but I know that's not what most quote unquote guitar people that they will go for the strats. But like to me, that P bass, that fifty four P bass, it's where it's at. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I don't, so I don't good. even care about the fifty four P bass. It's the sixties uh, P bass that I'm like, let's go, yeah. let's freaking go. Too. Well, th- doing mm-hmm. a sixty six jazz with like the lollipop tuners, you know, the the, the the entire bass collection is absolutely inspired. You know, so is the guitar collection, but there's less stuff in the bass collection, and they've nailed every single one. Yeah, they really did. So, so, so yeah, just transitioning over, we'll go straight into my pick because it's the exact same series, so we'll just keep talking. Um, I can't really pick one. Like, I've sat here the whole time Matt was talking, and I'm like, well, if I'm going to pick one, what am I picking? And then I'm like, oh, well, obviously, I'm going to pick the 63 Telecaster. Oh, but, you know, even that, that 61 Strat, and I'm not a Strat guy, that's really rad. That, like, speaks... The Jazz Master. Uh, the Jazz Master oh. is great. Um I, I don't know. I have some questions about the Jazzmaster based on some YouTube videos. But um, uh, if you haven't seen Mike Adams' video, go look at that. Um, but there's like the, the 75 Tele Deluxe. I mean, there's – I don't even oh, – I like all these guitars. I don't know that I can pick one. If I had to pick one, I'd, I'd look, I'm going to be – I'm going to su- be super strategic. And I'll just also say the 61 Stratocaster just to make it a stronger chance of this making it through. If I need to if I need to team <laughs> up with Matt here, that's what I'm going to do because Makes I think sense. this is this is the series I've been waiting on Fender to make. Because because I am a cork-sniffing traditionalist stuck in a millennial's body, and I know <laughs> what I like, and everything in this series is what I like. Yeah. Yes, okay, very well put. It's, it, it is a fantastic range. It's hard to pick one. But I think the 61 Strat is just so very, very cool that it's a, it's a smart one to pick. I would have gone 51 Tele out of this range. Um, just because it's so quintessentially Fender, but also quite a well-trodden path for Fender. They've done the 51 yeah. Tele very well in the past, whereas I it, feel well, the, the 61 Strat is, this is the first time it's been nailed, nailed outside the, of the custom shop. And the reason I would have gone 63 Tele is just because I prefer a rosewood board to right. a maple board just in general. So I'm going to go with the first year that I can grab one that's a rosewood board. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, Blake, you uh, moving on to you? Just uh, your last one, then. Where are you going? Yeah, I'm also sort of teaming up with Matt on this one, uh, and I'm gonna go with the Kaizen as well. The Kaizen, I for all of the points that Matt made, I totally agree with. Additionally, having played one, I had high expectations of it. Having played one now, in it was kind of a weird situation again where <laughs> my memory of it may be clouding my judgment slightly. It was at Gearfest in Sweetwater after hours. It was like midnight. Me and Dovi does <laughs> kind of broke in to Sweetwater. Not broke in, but he had a key. And we <laughs> we went in at midnight and we were walking back, uh, checking out all the vendor booths before Gearfest actually kicked off. And 
the Kaizen I picked up immediately because I I saw it drop. I was really excited about it, and it is so good. It feels incredible. I am nowhere even in the same ballpark at all as Tosin Abasi, and I don't even I don't play like him. I I do chunky big nasty gross things and he plays these beautiful melodic tapping things i don't do any of that stuff and i loved that guitar so much it feels so good as much as it seems like this is like reaching for you know i I mean i love traditional styled guitars we were just i was just gushing over a 54p bass but this thing it just feels like the next step in the evolution of guitar it's combining all these elements you know the fan frets have been a thing for a long time obviously it's combining all these different things that have sort of been pushing guitar in a certain direction and it really distills them down in such a great playing great feeling just fantastic guitar i really really love this instrument and i say all that now this is how good this is i say all that with ernie ball being a direct competitor to me (laughs) so uh, this is a phenomenal guitar and they really knocked it out of the park i don't even want to like it as much as i do but i can't help it they just absolutely nailed it yes it's uh yeah I, i i mean i agree with everything matt said earlier as well it's just uh it's a good mark in the sand for for the guitar community and guitar design in general and and trying to make something that's designed for this next generation of players rather than the you know the last few generations of players Um, i think the last few generations of players would be surprised how well they like it if they actually picked it up I, i feel like i would need i would need to pick it up to be sold on it i'm gonna be honest i just it's so outside my comfort zone. It's so outside anything I'd ever pick up. Um, I don't. I, I'm. I'm happy it exists. I just don't get jazzed about it. Me neither. On a personal level, I'm. I'm. I'm trying to appreciate it objectively. Um, I think. But. Uh, but yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I totally see where you're. You're coming from as well. It's. It's not for me. But. Uh, I. I. I love that it's happened. Yes, mm, indeed. Okay, right. Well, I'll wrap things up then with my final choice, which is the Eastman. Uh, the, I nearly said Romeo. The Eastman Juliet. The Romeo was last year, or maybe the year before, even. But the Eastman Juliet. <laughs> uh, so it's a solid body version, I guess, kind of of their Romeo. If you don't remember their Romeo, it's wonderful. Eastman guitars, brilliant, fantastic. Beijing custom shop guitars, custom shop quality guitars without that price tag. They've made some incredible things there. Their their three three five style guitars, their juniors especially were a big hit with us. We loved them. They were wonderful. They were like a thousand pounds and with everything you could possibly want in a junior. Um, the the Juliet is their kind of original uh, body shape, so it's kind of an offset solid body single cut three three five if that makes sense. That's that's kind of how I'll describe it. Novo-esque in some ways, but very much its own unique thing, but certainly part of that boutique 50s come modern look that's getting so popular. Um, and uh, it even has the Firebird-style raised centre block. And I think what's... It, it, they did it in three, uh, three different versions, by the way. A, a P90 version, Humbucker and humbucker with a bigsby with one color available in each i'll take the humbucker with the bigsby which they did in black with this gorgeous like loose taut guard and then they have like a tortoise shell 
backplate for the pickup selector as well. It's just cool. It's original. It's unique. They 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 go the extra mile with orange drop capacitors and everything's proper and awesome uh, about these guitars. And and also you know, it comes with a, a price tag of of like eighteen hundred pounds, uh, which I think is is very very reasonable. I think fifteen hundred pounds if you go for the P ninety version as well. But I just think they're you know they're, they're even like they have like worn parts of the body so it's almost like a light relic all of that for that price point this is the things that we scream out for when uh when an, a one-off custom shop builder makes this sort of model the fact that it's a pretty big stand-up company that have made it at an amazing price point this is a really cool guitar that didn't get shouted about enough this year I really love the uh I, I really love that antique black as well. When I saw that, that was that was the one that just screamed out to me. Uh I love a Bigsby. I wish I wish there were a Bigsby NP nineties version. Yeah. That's what I want. <laughs> but um but yeah, it, it's it's a super rad guitar. I until I saw them in this list, they had completely right. passed me by. And I'm super excited about them. Same. I hadn't I don't know how I didn't see it until I was reviewing the list and I was going, um, this is a guitar for me. How, how, I mean, I guess the answer is there's just so much coming out as far as not just in the guitar world, but so much information being poured into our skulls every single day. That's how I missed it. But this, this is a really cool line. Eastman has a fantastic reputation. I believe they're, they're a Chinese made company, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but by everyone that I've ever heard that talk about their Eastman absolutely loves their Eastman. I've played a couple of them. They were really good. Uh, this looks just like a perfect step for the company. Honestly, these are, these are super cool. Really good. I love that it's... Uh, I know they did it before with the Romeo, but the Romeo was a bit weirder. So this is a kind of a bit more accessible, a great price, and it shows Eastman moving out of just making basically Gibson copies, high-quality right. Gibson copies. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see them finding their own voice because, yeah, they're a Chinese-made company, but it's a custom shop still. It's a small team, and they're making things. It's like hand-rubbed finishes and stuff like that. These are, these, these are very properly built guitars that right. often, I think, because it's a Chinese his company you you think everything's built in a certain way um and and you almost balk at the price point when you see that it's made in china and it's a near two grand guitar but i think they make wonderful stuff they've come uh, they've come on sort of leaps and bounds since they started doing things because they started as a violin builder basically um and uh yeah uh i just think it's a great guitar uh really really very cool that is our complete list so uh, I have gone for the Epiphone Joan Jet, the Eastman Juliet, and the Gibson Theodore. Matt, you've gone for the PRS Silver Sky, the SE, the Music Man Kaizen, and the Fender American Vintage 261 Strat. Uh, Philip, you've gone for the PRS SE Silver Sky, the American Vintage 261 Strat, and the Gibson Rick Beato. Is that how you That's say it? That's it. Nailed it. I always, yep. I always yep. said Beto before. Oh, I feel bad now. <laughs> uh, with that very lovely double cut. Uh, and then, Blake, you've gone for the uh, the Lizzie Hale Explorer Bird, the Music Man Kaizen, and the Gibson Theodore. Okay, boys. Well, we've got to narrow things down. Should we, should we start with the obvious ones where there have been some doubles and we'll see 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 where we go from there? Yeah, that, that makes sounds sense. reasonable. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so things things that have been suggested multiple times. Matt and Philip, I don't know if you were speaking together beforehand or arranging something, but obviously there's something <laughs> going on we're that obviously, don't know uh, about. You know, two two sides of the same coin. You know, one's in Absolutely. America, one's in the UK. <laughs> we're basically, you know, we you know, we're just brothers, just very far it, apart. It's, the, it's the it's the double consonants in the name thing, but um. <laughs> I don't even notice that till I'm looking that's at how we can. Right. That's why we can't trust <laughs> that's you guys. Exactly that's it. what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. it, well, it's just, to me, they made sense. Like, uh, one, I love Fender guitars, and, and I do. As much as I, people who know me and who have listened to the podcast, they, they think, oh, Philip hates Strat. I have a Strat tattoo. Like, I don't hate, <laughs> uh, they just don't speak to me the way they used to. I've, 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 well, I'm not a Strat guy. I'm not a Strat I'm guy. Not. Oh, wait, can, I, can you ink this on me real I was, quick, permanently, I was, for all time? I was a hardcore strat guy and then my favorite strat got stolen and uh, i had a hard time replacing it um fair enough fair but uh i think with the the vintage two uh series i think it's a landmark in fender doing something that's that's like legitimate groundbreaking uh and i think the popularity of the silver sky i think we'd be made fun of if we didn't consider it Yes, yes. I think you're absolutely right. The Silver Sky, as much as I really don't like that player, I really don't like that guitar, and I really don't like PRS, I am objectively appreciating that it's had a massive impact on the yeah, guitar That's community. where I am. Um, so, so, yeah, the Silver Sky makes sense. Um, you know, that the, you two guys have agreed on that. You guys both agreed on the American Vintage series and the, the Strat 61, obviously chosen slightly tactically, but, but you know, we need to pick a guitar to get it into, into the list, so it makes sense to do that. Um, and then, Blake, you and Matt have both agreed on the Music Man Kaizen. Um, again, like, you know, just a really important guitar that's, you know, pushed things forward. And Blake and me have agreed on the Gibson Custom Shop Theodore. So that's that's four things that have had multiple votes, but has there been anything has anyone suggested anything that's convinced anyone so far? Does anyone anyone feel that they're changing their minds about anything? Anyone want to jump ship or you want to stick to your three and fight for them? I think I made the perfect I, choice and I think that's evident in everyone else <laughs> picking similar guitars. Uh, you know, you could argue you could argue those three guitars were very safe. Um and yeah. I you know I think the, is the Kaizen safe is it safe I think you know what's what's know. interesting about the Kaizen when we talked about it last week on the podcast I didn't realize that it was limited to only 75 pieces and I think now on the I didn't know that yeah, either Ooh. I had no idea I think oh, um, that's going to change Philip's mind about it I think now understanding yeah. what they were trying to do in terms of this is the, this is kind of what my thought is on the Silver Sky as well as you have to make the expensive one first to be able to make the cheaper one. And that sounds ridiculous, the obvious, but you can't... I think if they'd have made an SE one, people would have gone... And then they made a £2,000 one. They would have gone, uh, really? Like, but this one's 600 quid and it's really good. So what where's the extra money whereas you can yeah. see it's easier to tell people how they're saving money than it is like how they need to spend more so i think yes and i think the fact that they bought toast nabati on board for the kaizen to develop things on that guitar i feel that next year or within the next 12 months we will see a cheaper version of that or we will see 
guitars from Music Man with those features. Um, but interesting, mm. yeah, 75. Mm -hmm. When we spoke on the podcast, I think last week, it, they had 64 left. They've got 50 left. So they're going, but they're expensive. It's three and a half grand for a somewhat groundbreaking future guitar, <laughs> you know, and I think you've got to be a massive fan. And, you know, we're going into the point of, um, you know, of a kind of in the UK, like a recession, you know, a cost of living crisis across the world, like, but a lot of people still have a lot of money. So, you know, maybe a more considered purchase, but I, I think it's paving the way for cheaper guitars to come out with those features and push guitar building even further forward. Um, I, I was not aware that it was that it was <clears throat> limited in that way. I had no idea. That's that's very so, interesting. So it, it you know it, we have our own criteria and everything, but I have a really hard time going to bat for an instrument that's a forty one hundred dollar limited to seventy five units that's only sold twenty five for a gear of the year pick. I think it's interesting. I think what does that have to do with anything? But though? that doesn't have to do with anything. I, I, I don't think. Okay. Also, like, there's a part to me that like. The average guitar player doesn't actually know who Tosin Abasi is. Like, I, I, we do. People in his genre know exactly who he is. But, like, the average dudes playing, you know, your bars downtown. Well, they'd vote a, a 2003 Epiphone Les Paul <laughs> yeah, for they, the gear of the year. Yeah, so, yeah, also, 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 also <laughs> you, you've got Rick Beato in your, in your list. Right. But, he, but that guitar <laughs> is one that makes sense. It's existed. It's a traditional style see, guitar so what you're that doesn't is that exist in the lineup. exists outside of the man, whereas the Kaizen is too heavily yes. reliant on Tosin Abasi. Yes. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that it is because I don't listen to a lot of animals as leaders. Like, I have listened to them, and it's very impressive, but it's not something I turn on all the time. I like it. I have every reason to hate this guitar. <laughs> I have every single reason on the planet to hate this guitar, and I can't help but love it. The, the, like, I just, I was drawn to it so hard, and when I picked it up, like, this thing is absolutely incredible. Like it, it really is. I should. I didn't even. I, I had to like hold my nose and put it on the list. I didn't. I don't want. I don't want to talk about Ernie Ball, but I can't help it. This thing is so good. It, it really. I is. can really it, appreciate that two of Blake's picks were guitars he initially didn't like until he played them. Right. I really yeah. appreciate that. Uh, I well, okay. Let me let me put it in this perspective. I don't hate the guitar. I think it's rad. And if they make a Sterling version of it, I might be tempted to say I don't own a seven string guitar. This would be a really cool one to have to try out. But I don't know that it was one of the three best guitars released this year. Whatever criteria you put into it. So I, I actually, I agree with Philip on this. I think the Kaizen is a, a fantastic instrument in, in you know, everything that Matt said. Matt really almost had me with the, you know, sort of the this this guitar is paving the way for the future. But it's, it's it is very true. That it's a super limited edition, very expensive instrument that no one is going to remember in two years' time. This is going to come and go for, for Ernie Ball if they're only making it as a limited edition model. And I'm sure Tosin's going to steal the body shape and release it under his own name <laughs> in, a, in a year's time anyway. <laughs> um, but uh, I, yeah, I, th I think those two features are, are big, big downsides 
to to the Kaizen that I'm not sure anything else on the list out of the Silver Sky, the American Vintage 61 Strat and Theodore. I I if if you were going to pick those four guitars and be and I know this isn't the only criteria everyone but and then be like think 5 years ahead what what models are we going to remember? I think the Kaizen's just a cool thing that's happened. Is it is it gear of the year top 3? I, I don't know. Un- unless it does do what Matt says and bleeds into more normal Music Man releases or even into other brands. And I think that if people get to experience this thing, there's almost no doubt in my mind that some of the features on this guitar, the the conical uh, fretboard and everything, I, there's, there's almost no doubt that it does. We just have to look at things like the Strandbergs and how that's bled into other other brands. Maybe people don't even know where that came from, but that doesn't make it any less of an important like flagpole, so to speak. I, I agree there, but also like I like in that same vein, a Strandberg, for example, I wouldn't have put that as a gear of the year of the year it was released either. Did it have a ton of influence later down the line? Yeah, and I absolutely think the Kaizen's going to. You're going to see what it's a brand that doesn't normally go that route, going that route and going super, I, I don't want to say experimental, because it feels like, you know, we're still talking about instruments that were invented, you know, 100 years ago. Um, but it's definitely a new direction with some new features that we're not used to seeing. We're going to see more brands being willing to take a risk because someone was finally willing to take a risk. I, I just don't see it as this year's whatever criteria we pick as a, a gear of the year. Again, super okay. excited it exists. I just don't see it as a, a top three. It also came yep. very late in the day, I feel. But I, 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 well, no, it, I mean, it had come out earlier in the year, hadn't it? It's just for some reason its press release was only this month. Yeah, I think to Blake's point, there's just so much noise. I think it's difficult to know what is going to be you know, what we are still going to be talking about in a year because, you know, even, you know, Joe, we were talking about it on the podcast last week. I had to remind myself of everything that Boss launched this year, you know, and I think, you know, when we're talking about Fender's American Pro 2, I think, yeah, it's great, but I think on that same vein, it's like, are we going to be talking about that American Vintage Strat? No, we're going to say it's really good. We might recommend it a few times like we recommend Music Man, but I think it's, it's difficult to... For me, I think that's a difficult criteria to say, like, how popular it's going to be. I don't know. I think the year. American Vintage will stand the test of time. I certainly feel like the American original, um, you know, the stuff that came before from Fender was such an absolute cornerstone for years of of what Fender did very well in its kind of vintage correct collection. And that stuff wasn't a patch on the American Vintage, too. Um, I've I, I really feel like this is a the American Vintage Two series by Fender is the best series Fender have ever done, and I think it will be something that will the prices will hold up. People will talk about how good this series is, you know. And it's only just landed as well; it's only a few months old, you know, maybe a two months old. So I think as more and more of the the Fender American Vintage bits and bobs get into circulation, I think people will realise how incredible they are. So there are some negative feelings about Kaizen. Let's let's talk about the Gibson Theodore. Is there anyone feeling negative vibes about the Theodore? Because it was only it's only myself and Blake who have opted for it. Anyone convinced by our arguments? Anyone stand against it? I 
don't like it at all, just from a looks perspective. Um, and but on a similar vein, similar similar thought, I'd forgot about the Eastman guitar. And if I had to pick between the two, because I I think they give off, especially in one of the colours, I think they give off similar vibes. Um, in kind of kind of weird and quirky, I would much rather have the Eastman than I would the Theodore. Well, there is room for people to switch bets. Bear in mind, uh, switch votes at the moment. That I was going to come on to that after I'd asked if people had anything, any negative feelings about any of the stuff in this list. But we've all only cast two votes right now. We we each get to cast three votes, and then we've just got to decide what the top three are between us. At the moment, the 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 only reason we're talking about the Silver Sky, the American Vintage, the Kaizen, and the Theodore is because those are the ones that. Uh, two people suggested so two of us on each of those which means every single one of us has a third option here we can either stick with what we've got in the list in which case it is these four like you know and 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 we've got a pick between these four or you know we we start switching up our our third choices to other things and see if any of those create doubles for example matt if you were to select the eastman juliet that would give it two votes and it would put it in the in the consideration, you know, for for the top three. Problem is, I don't really want to switch mm. any of my votes. Right. Fine. <laughs> well, yes, don't don't do that in that case because, in fact, all all three of yours have made uh, have made the list. Um, well, okay. Well, <clears throat> so here's the thing: you were, we're talking about negative feelings about the Theodore. I've I've been I've been pretty mum over here. The Silver Sky is a snooze fest, guys. <laughs> it's a snooze fest. Who cares about the Silver okay. Sky? I know I'm alone in this. No, 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 Lots Blake. I, Blake, sky. you know what? I was just gonna I was just gonna let it go. I was gonna accept that it was the best selling guitar on Reverb. I was gonna accept that for some reason. Like we also have to accept that Nickelback strat. is one of the best selling bands of all time, <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't mean if they're the best. Exactly. Okay? Whoa, 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 no, <laughs> no, never mind. <laughs> I, mean, like, I was going to accept that just some average, like essentially PRS making a Mexican standard strat apparently is is now what people want. I was just going to accept that that was the case. But if you're going to if you're going to stick to it, and you know, as as you said, Philip, we'd we'd almost be laughed at if we didn't include this in the list. I don't think this is a good guitar. I think this is people being blindsided by PRS and, more importantly, John Mayer. Because nothing, nothing <laughs> he releases can anyone ever look at objectively. Everyone in the guitar world's could elbow deep up that man. And I, I, it is beyond me. I don't understand why. I don't understand what's good about him. I don't understand why you all like his gear. I assume it's because everyone wants to be as good looking as him, and that and that's and that everyone's live, trying to live vicariously through him by buying his rubbish PRS SE Silver Sky. That's my actual opinion. I think um, I'm. I'm not even as harsh as Joe. Yeah, no, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you brought out some feelings. <laughs> I mean, I'm not the biggest John Mayer fan, and when I played it, I was like, I play. I I would play that. Was it better than a, play, a Fender player strap? A hundred percent. Yes. A hundred percent. It's a much yeah. better guitar no, it's not. Than, than those, yeah, no, it those, those, those mid-price Fenders. What could possibly... But the, the new Fender players were great. Yeah, but these these are this exactly the same argument that I had with the Sterling James Valentine is that guitar. I don't know right. why they make a two and a half grand one. I see. Okay. It, there, it, was, there it was more comfortable than I, a player I was, I was whelmed. I was like, okay. Hey, that's like, better I than underwhelmed. I wasn't underwhelmed. Yeah. I, I was whelmed. I was like, it's a it's a decent strap. Blake was like, this I, is a guitar. This is a guitar. <laughs> I, I even, I think I actually like, 
I have more appreciation for John Mayer than Joe does. I don't. I'm not a big John Mayer fan, but I, I can appreciate what the guy does. And I, I think he's a funny guy, and I, I like a lot of his contributions to the musical and comedic landscape. But these guitars, I don't know. I just, I've played them. I've, I, I, I think they're fine. But the fact that we're even still talking about it, I'm like, but why? It's just, it's just a strat. And then people try to say it's not just a strat, but it is. Well, here's it's the just thing. A strat. In this it list, is. you want to see a proper strat? It's the Fender American, American Vintage Two Six in One Stratocaster. That's it's a proper much strat. better. Much better. And and I have some arguments against that series as well. Oh, really? We can get uh, well, that, that would later. be interesting because I was starting to feel like the American Vintage Two Strat might have the most support. It's in Matt and Philip's list. I love it it wasn't in my list but as it doesn't look like any of us are going to sort of swap out any of our choices i would accept that the joan jet and the juliet from eastman were slightly left field choices no. from me no you know what I, I tell you what if if we're if this is the road we're going out because i i like john mayer i haven't listened to like a lot of his newest stuff i like john mayer i think he's a great guitar player i don't have any problems with that i'm not a huge strat guy but I, I appreciate strats. Says the guy with the I, I know. It's weird. I talk about it all the time. I was one. It, but that, that that's a whole other ball of wax we don't have time to unpack. I can't afford the therapy. <laughs> so, um, but it, um, you know what? I can fix this. Because okay. I, if we're willing to be that controversial, if we're willing to go on that limb, because best-selling guitar, huge fan base, if we're willing to go, you know what? It's not even the best three, one of the best three guitars released this year. All right, then let's change it. I, okay. do you know, I, I've, I'll I've, change I've mine. A, oh, he's good. Lizzie, Lizzie Hale. Hale. <laughs> I've, I've, oh, um, I didn't see that coming at all. I've had a thought <laughs> here. Um, right. well, in what's that, that in that actually, realistically, and this is this is this is rogue and going against the rules, is that the best, the gear of the year when it comes to guitar? I think as we've all spoke and agreed is the entire American Vintage 2 range. Because we would, because we would actually, we would, yes, all take, okay. we would all take a different guitar from that range. And I think that range is incredible. And I actually think it that... It is, but that's not fair. I think that we should say that that range is the gear of the year and we should be we, fighting we for two and three. That. We can't do that. It has to be it has to Why? be and we, set, we set our own rules, Joe. <laughs> I want I, I wanna go I wanna go against the American vintage just a little bit. Not because I don't think it's fantastic, because I do. I really do. But here's the thing. Are we really gonna pick gear of the year for twenty twenty two that is essentially something that came out in nineteen sixty one? Is that what we're gonna do? We're gonna pick something that's or nineteen sixty six or nineteen fifty nine or seventy five like, in there. Like why wouldn't why wouldn't we pick something that's genuinely new and interesting uh, and doing something crazy versus something that's you know uh, your grandpa played? Well, I don't see I don't, I don't see an awful lot of Ibanez in this list to be honest. You know, so so we haven't picked you know the modern forward thinking guitars in general. The Kaizen's really the only one. The Theodore. You know, but it's is, is, is the same thing that you're complaining about the American Vintage 2. No, because it never came out. It was, but it's to a speck of that time. Yeah, but it never came you will, out. So you will count. not convince me to pick a guitar 
Period. And I know I have one on here just because I wanted to mention it. I, I'm actually not going to bat for it being one of the top three, but I needed to mention it. Um, I, I, there's no way I'll go to bat for a limited edition guitar as a gear of the year. It won't happen. That doesn't make any sense. That's a weird hill to die it, on. It is, but it's like, it, it, I think if you're picking a gear of the year, if you're picking... It's just like the a, coolest thing that came out. That's really what it is. It doesn't matter how many I like the made. idea that people could get their hands on what we'd say is the best of the year, though. Okay. I like that idea, too, point. but that doesn't matter. But we, they still we, can. They matter. can still buy Kaizen. They're still 50. <laughs> they okay. they're, they're, everyone's everyone's going to have their hills, and they're going to be some different hills for each of us. Um, but I think we've 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 found where the problems are. Let's talk about the positives then. I am mm. gonna, I can't talk as positively the as I have as I about the like American it. Vintage <laughs> without changing one of my votes to it, which gives the American Vintage three votes at the moment. The Silver Sky is well is is down on one. If if yeah, you're I'll, I'll take mine the, away. If we're willing to be that that because it is it is just a strat. And it's super popular. It came, It had a huge following. And Blake, you're 100% right. Joe, you're 100% right. A lot of that has to do with John Mayer's name and the popularity that comes with him. Um, but it is just a strat. But then again, the American Vintage, Blake, there's your argument. The American Vintage mm-hmm. series is a bunch of guitars that already existed, but they're unobtainable. The originals, like true to those specs, are unattainable. That's fair. That's fair. You know, fair. now that now that you mm-hmm. now that someone else is is talking smack about the 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 John Mayer, I, I'm I'm starting to think like, well, I, I guess it is it is a thing. It is an important thing. You know, <laughs> lots of people have bought it. Lots of people like it. I, I'm very conflicted about the Silver Sky, but okay. So so anyway, so the American Vintage currently has three votes. That's that's it. It kind of doesn't matter what Blake thinks about it. It's got a place in the top three now. Because three of us I are on board. I for can't it. vote for a strat for the gear. This is pathetic. <laughs> That's it. Vote it's for the pathetic. whole range. Let's so, go rogue. So we can't, Let's go I, wish, rogue. I, can't I wish I could. We can't do that. We can't do that. So that's currently got got three, and then we have a whole bunch of stuff. We need to get two more out of this. Out of the silver sky, the the silver sky, the Kaizen, the Theodore, and well, the 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 Lizzie Hale. The Lizzie Howe I absolutely can't get behind. Has been very nice before. I, I really don't like it. Um, what? Come g- on. Gold hardware. Cardin red is a fantastic color if it's relic and on a Les Paul. Outside of that, it's it's uh, yeah. I, I can't get behind it. I did, did, did. Come on, Joe. I thought you. I thought you were with I me know, here. I, I thought know. We were, and I, I thought we were together on this. But I was, and I really uh. want Gibson to make the top list because I think they've come on leaps and bounds. But I think the Gibson to do that is the Theodore. I think it's an important instrument. Um, so, as I think I agree, and I obviously I put it on my list for for personal reasons, almost more so than anything that makes any sense. <laughs> but I think the I think the Lizzie Hale is actually like if we're if we're if we're talking about if we're going to take into consideration, even though I kind of don't. Uh, if we're taking into consideration accessibility and you know and uh, you know ease of getting, then the Explorer Bird has got to climb much higher than the Theodore. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Okay. Okay. So the so at the moment, Philip hates the Kaizen. I hate the Lizzie Hale. Um, the, it makes it difficult for those to get in the top three i'm not saying that they they can't but when you've got one person strongly opposed to a guitar it it makes it difficult matt how do you feel about the lizzie hale oh sorry i I muted and then unmuted i 
wouldn't buy it. And if that's my criteria, I wouldn't buy it. Mm. I would much rather a normal Explorer in the same colour. Okay, Maybe we, it's the bit of the headstock. It's the gold hard. You know, I don't hate gold hardware, but uncovered pickups. I'm like, no. So for me, <laughs> that's okay. the weirdest me, thing I've ever heard in my let life. Let me I let me put understand. it like this then, um, um, Philip. Every Telecaster has uncovered pickups. <laughs> I don't understand. Uncovered humbuckers then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Philip, Blake, you, you don't need to hear my weird quirks then, Blake. You would lose your mind trying to understand my weird things that I don't like. Everyone has something, don't they? Something that's yeah. a- absolutely nonsensical and, and that they'd be willing to spend thousands of pounds or dollars extra in order to avoid on a guitar purchase. Yes. <laughs> I just had to look around and see. I was like, actually, most of my guitars have covered pickups. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of them, though. Um, uh, uncovered pickups are fine if they're zebra. Um, other than that, they're, they're, they're not. Um Philip and Matt. Agreed to Philip and Matt, are either of you, how do you feel about the Gibson Theodore? Would either of you be willing to put your support behind that guitar? No, I hate it. I hate it more than the Lizzie. <laughs> I really do. I really okay. do. Um, I, 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 I can't do it. I, I don't hate it. I just, it's the whole limited thing. I, okay. It's not, yeah, it's, to me, it's not the limited. I just, I just don't. It's okay. difficult, isn't right. it? When well, you've got when you've got uh, a vintage guitar company. All right, all right. Company. Since, since Lizzie Hale's not going to make it, I will change. Well, no, no. I was going to say, I, don't, don't, don't change because I think potentially, if well, that's a, the case, because we're at such loggerheads, if I came across to Team Silver Sky, and Philip, don't do it, Joe. What, and do Philip, it, Joe. You, were, you were willing to do that as well. That would put the Silver Sky back on three votes, and would get it a place in the top three. And then we'd be arguing about that third place, which would be an argument well, hold on, between hold on. the guys Let, and the I, Theodore. I don't want to see Hale. you. I don't want to see you compromise on your morals that way. And this isn't <laughs> this isn't a compromise for me, mm-hmm. really. This is just a slight a slight change to something I definitely can get behind. And if I swap out the Lizzie Hale. For the Rick Beato, oh. I can sleep. I can sleep well at night. I can sleep well at night with that. I feel good about that. So, and and then my curveball that fits none of my previously stated criteria ends up. In my <laughs> so, okay, so 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 where are we? So we we still we've just got you've just added more guitars to the sort of <laughs> the list you haven't solved anything <laughs> um, i can't i can't get behind the beato either i, I can't okay. get behind anything that gibson have done this year i can't get behind that fella uh but with him being attached to it that's that's a that's a big turn off for me i'm afraid but um it is a cool guitar he's he's he's, he's, like he's a great player i like it when he plays alan holdsworth stuff but then i'm like why are you playing alan holdsworth on a Double cut, let's pull. It's like break out your Kiesel or you know your headless Stram Steinberg. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't get what behind if you any take, of those. What if it? What if it wasn't a Rick Beato? I like Rick Beato. No, I just, what if it wasn't a Rick Beato? Uh, I, I don't mind Rick. It's that guitar that I love. The guitar is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Just not. But I'm not. You don't I'm like not it. Sure what don't you color. like, Matt? You the don't color, like the color. The, the color. color. The color. Yeah, I'm, I'm also double cuts. Never been the biggest fan of double Never, cuts. Really? Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I, I, in the, in this case, I am willing to come across to the Silver Sky if Philip, you're willing to put your support back in the Silver Sky, and that would put it on three, three spots. I hate the, I hate this so much. <laughs> I hate this so much. Okay, that Joe. I thought I could count I know, on. I know. I know. But at the, at, okay. So my reason for 
going back behind the Silver Sky is the Beato, the Lizzie Hale, um, are, are both guitars that I dislike more than the Silver Sky. <laughs> so it's tactical at this point. I love this mentality. I love this. What do you? Okay, you asked Matt what he doesn't like about the Beato. What do you not like about the Beato? Oh, I, uh, no, I it's think it's, I think it's actually a, a fine guitar. It's a great guitar. I, I'm not sure about YouTubers getting signature models. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I think uh, this is that doesn't think, make any sense the, at all. The guitar that, community that, jumping the shark nonsense. a little bit for me at, at that point. Uh, you know, Rick Beato is is a producer. He has a YouTube channel. He's done a lot of stuff. Like, and that aside, why does it matter? Like, how you know the person if you know them? That's enough, right? Sure. And it is a very cool guitar. What about podcasters getting signature guitars? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, no, I, yeah. Where's my signature? Okay, well, well, look. Where's my signature? Still... Silver Sky. There is no place. Sky. That's what I call it. <laughs> wow. Strymon have to talk yeah, about um, No, with a K. Remember? <laughs> with a K. There is still a possible place for the Beato, because at the moment, the American Vintage Strat and the Silver Sky have both made it through into the top three, which hilariously echoes the sort of buying um, uh, habits of of the general populace at the moment, according to Reverb. Obviously, we said we don't put that much into it. But the bulk of that top 10 or top 20 from Reverb was Stratocasters this year. We're going through a real... Strat Renaissance. The Telecaster is out. The Stratocaster and look is at in. society. Look at society as a result. <laughs> That's what happens. I wonder how. I, I wonder how boat shoes are selling. You know, and and uh, and roll necks. I bet they're all selling really well. Really well. comfortable, <laughs> Joe. My boat shoes are incredibly comfortable. Right, right. Of course, of course. What's, what's... And he doesn't slip on the deck of his exactly. yacht. Yeah, exactly. While I'm listening to Steely Dan. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got to choose a third thing to make it through, and then we've got to decide what order we're placing them in. We're not all going to. This is where the the, the problematic third one is. Is it's getting a third one through? Bear in mind, it's going to be a runner up. It's not. It's there's no way this one can win because we're so divided on this. We got the Kaizen. We've got a, a big issue coming from Philip about the Kaizen and the fact that it's so expensive and so limited edition. We've got the the Theodore, which Matt really dislikes the shape of. I can't remember Philip. You really don't like this either. I think you. It's you fine. It's fine. I, I'm not, I don't get. I'm not like upset about it. I'm not super jazzed about right, it. It's right. it's fine. Okay. Um, it's gro- The look of it has grown on me. My initial reaction was puke emoji all over the place right. but it grew on me the more and more i saw it and like got used to the shape but it just the whole limited edition thing bothers me okay um and that's that i realize that's a me problem that i need to seek therapy for but <laughs> <laughs> i just realized that 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 matt gave me like some some sort of, i think he actually insulted me I, but but he was <laughs> pretending that he was pretend giving me a compliment and he was like yeah I could see you having a signature Theodore. <laughs> By the way, I hate that, and I hate yeah, a little you too. Poo emoji on that, on that, on the truss rod cover. Uh, no, I, I think it's so just—it's the- just not for me. It's just that guitar is just not for me. I don't—I don't know. Don't know. It the looks like is- if he painted it yellow, it'd look like a tulip, and it just—it just looks weird. Well, tulips are beautiful, Matt. They are, um, but not when you paint them brown, and they were designed fifty years ago. 60 years okay. ago. If, I mean, if, <laughs> like a strat if Philip came across with a Theodore, it would make it through. But then if if I was to move across with the Theodore, that could make it through. The Beato has... Um, so Matt or me could move across with the Beato, and that could make it through. But that's, that's kind of where we are with those... Uh, 
with those guitars. Well, what are we thinking? Anyone, anyone thinking they'd be willing to compromise? I can compromise in some ways, but I'm not voting for a strap. Period. Like I'm just not. Oh, it's I not, see. So the two that have gone through, actually, I just realised that the two that have gone through are not your choices at all. You don't like them at all. I, I I cannot sleep well at night saying that I voted for a Strat as gear of the year for 2022. That, just, that doesn't make any sense at all. I don't. I can't. I can't well, do that. And your reason for that is what the, the Strats existed a long time. Is that that it? Well, it's the, no. It's that they're Strats, and then also that they've. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, this is this is bringing nothing interesting to the table. The American Vintage line in general is brilliant. But the the Stratocaster is the least interesting out of the whole one, whole whole thing. It's just kind of like yeah, we've we've seen this before. I see. Okay, okay. And uh, and and Philip, how how are you feeling? Is there, there are you feeling very negatively about the 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 ones that aren't in your list? I uh, yeah. I I just the, the both the Theodore and the Kaizen, like at the price point and at the 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 it it just. It screams like I, I don't know. It, it's the limited nature of them that really bothers me, and I'm trying to get over it. I'm really trying hard. I mean, heck, I've got one in there that has a limited nature, but nature. But at least the price point isn't quite the same. The either, Beato you know? is also discontinued because it was limited yeah, yeah. edition, right? It was it was limited right. edition as well. But you know, those are even they're they're available. They're on the second hand market at better than Kaizen or uh, Theodore prices. Um, I, I'm trying to see if there's like another choice that I've seen that I would get yeah. on board. Is there, is there maybe... something else? It feels like the the three that we've got here have uh, have just been uh, are so contentious between. So, so what? If, so what if what? If, look, let's check this out. I'm not I'm not coming across to a Stratocaster. Okay. But what if I came across to Joe and swapped the Theodore for the Eastman? Even though I haven't played it, and I tried to keep it as much as possible to things I played, uh, what if I swapped the Theodore for the Eastman? Because the Eastman, I feel like we all feel a little bit better about in general. It's, I do really like it. It's true. It's very difficult to have a list if any if any people absolutely hate a product in the list. Like it makes the, it makes it not feel right. You know, it's not like we give anyone official vetoes, but really, if we can avoid having something that one of the hosts hates, we should. And I feel like all well, three too late. Of- the Silver Sky is already in there. So. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I think, okay. I think yeah. looking good point, at good point. I don't, I don't actually, hate um, it, but I can't, I can't. I for can't. me, because I've played a couple of Eastmans and I played a couple this year, and and the is it the LA, the kind of the um, hollow body one. I mean, they're just such great guitars the for the box. money. Um, I, I think it's a great guitar, and I, I would be, you know, for me, it's got the vintage esque, instant kind of appeal of something like the Theodore, but being a little bit more modern and just a little bit more tasteful, but still uh-huh. being quirky. So, uh, you know, I, I again, I think that's a, that is a really good pick. And great value for money, as you said, Joe. You know, I think a few people would turn their nose up, like, oh, it's made in China or whatever. But just, they make great... I don't they, think they're made in China in the same way we think. No, no, it's, it's, absolutely, it's a Beijing absolutely, custom absolutely. shop. Absolutely. No, they're just, yeah. they're a great custom yeah. shop. They make great guitars. They make, you know, kind of cool and interesting guitars. They're not just making, like, copies anymore. 
Um, and for me, like, absolutely kind of feel the same about this as I do, like, the Harmony Juno. Like, this is a cool, quirky guitar that's got yeah. vintage roots. But actually, I totally... I totally play this. The the black one with the Bigs B, I'm like, yeah, I'm totally in. I think that's a great guitar. I'm doing it. I'm coming across for the to you, Joe, to the Eastman. Okay. I can do that and still look my wife in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and and Matt, would you be willing to jump ship on that as well? Absolutely. Okay. Well, Philip, how would you feel about the Juliet making the, the list? I mean, it doesn't really matter what you think now. The three <laughs> no, let's do it. <laughs> I'm, here. I'm here for it. Let's go. Okay, well, that that would lead us with a top three. Admittedly, still a contentious top three because I'm aware that Blake has kind of had a bit of a rough ride here in what's make, making it through. So this is, <laughs> this is a tentative top three. Let's see how this feels. And bear in mind, we could still change some things. It would be the PRS SE Silver Sky, the Fender American Vintage 2 61 Stratocaster, and the Eastman Juliet. That would be the top three, and we would have to create an order for that. Um, a one, two, and a three. Are there, what you know, I guess for Blake it's the hardest question. What do you think, if, it, if those three were your choice, what do you think is the best guitar out of those three that's come out this year? The Silver Sky is the only one I've actually played. So that's a little bit... I have to I have to try to take that criteria and get it out of my brain. Right. Um, so having not played it, just basing this off of internet stuff, I'm going to go... As far as, like, if I walked into a shop, which one am I grabbing first? It's 100% the Eastman. Like, just aesthetically. Like, I, I basically gloss over strats. I, I, don't, I don't care about them that much. I think they're fine. I don't hate strats, and I think some of my favorite songs ever have been recorded on strats. But for me, for whatever reason, Stratocasters have never uh, really tickled my fancy outside of some kind of weird ones. So I'm going to go with Eastman number one, American Vintage uh, Strat number two, and PRS Silver Sky negative 130 so uh, number three minus minus the negative 130 i'd probably go with the same order okay i'm just gonna what i'm gonna do now and and dear listener just to keep you uh in in the loop i'm i'm just gonna make notes i'm gonna apply points uh to everything so three points two points one point so almost the reverse of what you've what you've said so blake you would give three points to the juliet two points to the american vintage and one point to the silver sky was that right Correct. Okay. Matt, did you say you would do the same? Yes. Yes, I will I, I will go for the I will go for the same. I think the only thing that's like putting the PRS at, at the bottom although I think it's an amazing guitar is the fact that yeah, we're seeing quite a lot of like deals being thrown out, so that would suggest that maybe a couple of colors aren't popular and perhaps they're uh, you know, maybe they're well, they're not it's not dying, but perhaps it's like oh, you know, that it's kind of had this big peak and it's going to come down a bit. The American original um, vintage, I think, is great. I think it's the next step in them doing the best vintage one they've ever done. But I think to, to Blake's point, it's like, yeah, if you're going to pick up something interesting, like the Eastman's like the most interesting. Um, I mean, okay. I'd pick up the Kaizen if the Kaizen was there and also <laughs> I could play seven strings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was going at it. Okay. 
Okay, so I would, I'd go slightly different. I loved that 61 Strat so much. and I love the American Vintage 2 series. I can't believe it wasn't in my list. I've really sort of talked myself into it and been talked into it by you guys. But I always like keeping things a little fluid so I can, I, I, I like being impressionable. It's one of my favourite personality traits. Gets me into all sorts of trouble. <laughs> um, but the American Vintage for me is getting the full three points in at number one, the Juliet in at number two, and the Silver Sky in at number one. Philip, I can see what you've entered but why don't you tell everyone yeah and you can see it but i'm actually going to change one thing real quick all right so i am going to put the american vintage it's really important that we go back to when i originally said the strat i'm putting the strat in as the representative of the whole series because this was strategy i needed something that people would that enough support would come behind to get it in there because i love the whole series i would personally pick the telecaster but i'm gonna go with the strat because i i think that whole line's incredible i like that it exists um i it's the first new fender release I've considered buying, well, since the Isbell Telecaster. Um, number two, I'm going to go Silver Sky. And um, that is purely so that we don't end up with a tie of Silver Sky and the American Vintage Strat, and then we have to fight this out over again. Um, because because <laughs> I realized in this point system that if I had put the Juliet second, we had a tie again. Yeah. And I, I, look, look, we've, we've argued till we're blue in the face, so I'm going to put the Silver Sky at number two and the Juliet at, at uh, one, or two points, and then uh, Juliet at one point. Okay, so by very tactically and smartly doing that, uh, you have created an, an order that potentially could, could be the order that we run with. Um, that would put uh, the... Um, oh, I, I just clicked off the page. There. That would put the Silver Sky in third place with five points, the Juliet in a close second with nine points, and with ten points the Fender American Vintage 2 61 Stratocaster. How would we feel then about that list? That's how we voted. How does everyone feel? That looks like that's shaping up to be the gear of the year. I feel okay about it. I mean, but I do I do I I I regret looking at this list and my main criteria when selecting things was a, whether I liked it or not, but B, whether I had personal experience with right. it or not. And I don't have personal experience with any of these. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bit, uh, it's a bit, uh, a bit difficult, but I think in general, making all the concessions that, that, uh, we had to make. And by we, I mean me, uh, I'm going to say this, this is, you know, a list. It's, it's a right. list. It's a. It's a list. I want to. I want to. I'm okay with this list. Uh, I can. I can live with these decisions. It wasn't. It wasn't the easiest thing to get to anyway. But I want to. Mentioned first of all how Joe has mastermind a guitar that only he mentioned at all into second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should also note that the uh, the top three are exactly the order that I put down in my uh, in my, in my my list. <laughs> mm, yeah. I'm starting to sense that I've been manipulated. Right. I, <laughs> well, I, I see the mind games you're playing, Joe. Uh, yes. So, well, I, I do feel Blake has been slightly shortchanged here. I, I, I realise that it's it's always gonna be kind of about concessions in the end and i feel like blake's maybe made more than the rest of us has it's because he's such a lovely man 
Um, I really thought the Kaizen was going to be less controversial, and maybe I'm clouded by my personal experience with it, which is, you know, I really liked it as I, well, I but I couldn't, it. I couldn't argue Philip's points about it. I, I do think it's the price is the point that I'm with him on. Yeah, that, I think it's forty one hundred dollars. That it's very expensive, but I see why it's it's that high. The limited thing I could care less about. I don't understand that, but that's fine. The price is is very, very high. And admittedly, Joe has asked me this same question. Like, what's the most you would spend on a guitar? And that was about the answer. And I I have to concede, I don't know that I would spend four grand on a Kaizen, even though I do think it's fantastic. Right. Yeah. So Okay, okay. Well, there we go. Then, everyone, I think that leaves us with our gear of the year for guitars our best guitars of 2022 and it would be the silver sky in third place the eastman juliet in second place as the official runners-up and in first place the best guitar released in 2020-22 according to this gear of the year podcast is the fender american vintage 2 61 stratocaster um, I wonder how much flack we're going to get for that. We certainly got an awful lot of flack. I think in 2016, we gave it to the Les Paul Standard. <laughs> the 2016 oh. Les Paul Standard. <laughs> I think it was because we were so happy it didn't have robot tuners anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, okay, that tracks. No, that totally tracks. I, I, yeah, I can understand. I, understand. I, I think what I it think, was is um, I just wanted to send, because obviously, dear listener, we, we send like a little web badge, you know, to, to the the brands who win in each category and i just wanted to send gibson something so they knew they were doing a good thing and to not go back to robot <laughs> i think um it's difficult when you don't set out the criteria i mean no reviewers no like other web outlets they ever you know it's just a random list so i think it's good that we debate it like that and everyone's going to come to their own conclusions because yeah there's no set of criteria but you know, I think ultimately they're three really good guitars that the majority of the guitar playing community would be really happy with, unless you're into tech metal, because I don't think many tech metal players play a Strat. <laughs> well, um, yes. A super yeah, Strat, maybe. Well, um, this a year, before we started recording, dear listener, we were all having a chat, and I was talking about how, because, you know, I'm, I'm obviously borrowing podcasters from other podcasts who have got to go off and record their own podcasts as well how we were going to keep time really tight on this year's gear of the year and we we're we're approximately double the amount of time now coming up to the two hour mark that uh, this podcast has been running and i think we were aiming to keep this down to around 45 minutes so that's uh, that's good that's how much argument has been caused but that is it that's the end of uh, this episode the guitar episode of gear of the year 2022 Join us tomorrow for, I think, I don't know, because I don't know, we might be recording in a different order from when they come out, but I think the thing that you're going to listen to tomorrow is going to be best uh, amplifier of 2022. So, uh, so yes, uh, listen out for that. We'll be arguing about more of the same thing. Thank you very much, Matt. Thank you, Philip. Thank you, Blake, for making this such a wonderful Gear of the Year podcast. Dear listener, we'll be back tomorrow with more of this guitar nerdery. Farewell. Goodbye. Later. Bye.
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.